The Lapsed Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here is your host, the Professor Traffic Nation, welcome to episode 318 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. What better intro going into such an explosive show coming off an explosive weekend that included, yes, even SummerSlam. Here we are. Oh my goodness, what a weekend. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Hope you were able to stay dry. Uh, if you were in Michigan, that was a challenge this weekend. That is for sure. All right. Let me let me talk to you. Yeah. Let me break it down for you. Yeah. All right. Here's, here's what happened. All right. Thursday. Took the day off work, right? Of course I did. Drove out to uh, Berlin Raceway Thursday afternoon. Nice three-hour drive. Smooth sailing. Got out there. Um, it was hot. It was really hot. The sun was blazing all day. And of course, uh, you know, the the threat of weather moved in. It looked scary out there for those that were out there. Uh, Braxton Crisp. Um, let's see. Eric from the uh, Super Speedway uh, podcast who... Uh, was awesome to hang out with them, and, and they, they didn't even tell you the the clouds as they were rolling in. The closer we got to uh, the limited late models and the heat races starting uh, was was bad. It did not look good, but we were able to get that bad boy in, which was awesome. Such an incredible experience. Uh, hats off to Jeff Striegel, the entire crew at Berlin Raceway. What an awesome first time uh, to go there. It was absolutely incredible. The stands were packed. What a way to highlight, you know, ESPN being out in on the west coast of Michigan, and it it was incredible. Everybody turned out. Uh, largest 50-50 in Berlin Raceway history. A winner walked away with five grand, which was so cool. The racing was incredible. The atmosphere was electric. People were excited. Great venue. I'll tell you what. I, I, I wish there was a short track uh, in Metro Detroit. That would be just absolutely incredible. What Jeff had, you know, you've seen pictures of like the bar and the concourse area where they have the bar and stage. Like that's a place to go and just hang out on a Friday night. Like it is so absolutely incredible. It's a great facility. I will definitely be back there. And another cool thing, if you guys saw a picture, um, I'm sure you guys know and have heard of Annie Agar, who is from Michigan. She uh, gave the command to fire engines with her family, which was awesome. Got to meet her. We exchanged phone numbers. Annie Agar said she will come on the podcast. So I will be shooting her a text over the next week or two trying to schedule that. Uh, Annie does incredible TikTok work. Uh, she is really a rising star from a social media perspective as well as uh, with her sports coverage in such a comedic way, which is awesome. I absolutely love it. And, I mean, who else 
to talk Big Ten football with than Annie Agar. Cannot wait to be able to get her on. Um, so that that was Thursday. So Friday uh, made the 90-minute drive uh, down to Firekeepers Casino. Huge thanks to Jim Wise and the crew of Firekeepers uh, for their incredible hospitality. The property does not disappoint. I will tell you that. And you heard Jim and I talk about it a couple weeks ago. So if you have not been to Firekeepers, go check it out. Uh, if you're traveling along 94 at any point across the great state of Michigan. And, I mean, just what a... What a monumental moment for the for the podcast uh, and and just personally, right? Because if you've been listening at all over these last seven years, you know that I've been a fan of Kevin Harvick since you know he basically took over that three car back in two thousand and one. Um, I've I've tweeted out some pictures of of the man cave, the Harvick memorabilia that I have, the diecast. I mean, before the podcast, there was that true fanatic of NASCAR. And of Kevin Harvick. And uh, to be able to have the opportunity to do a private one-on-one interview with him, which you will hear in just a few minutes, was just absolutely incredible. It was an honor to be there, to be able to do that. Um, and, you know, I even shared with him um, my my first real encounter meeting him, which was back in August of twenty. 20- 10 when he won his first race at MIS I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to do uh, a lap around the track with him during driver intros and that was his first MIS win and I've been along for all of them and was able to share that with him showed him a picture of him and I uh, back 13 years ago he thought that was awesome so started out letting him know what a fan I was Uh, then we got uh, serious and well serious but not and had some fun uh with the interview here which i will drop in and then saturday uh drove back from fire keepers which was about a two-hour drive overall did just under 500 miles in traveling uh this weekend which was crazy and uh came home spent a couple hours with alden and Lindsay, and then uh hit the road for downtown detroit for SummerSlam, which was absolutely incredible. I wanted to tweet out more from that, but cell service just absolutely uh, was dreadful with uh, just under 60,000 people. Uh, But just what an incredible event. It was so much fun to be there. And I just all the more cannot wait to be able to take Alden to wrestling shows, football games, all that good stuff. That was incredible. So SummerSlam got over about 1215 By the time I walked back to my car, it was uh, about quarter to one. Uh, Where I parked, I didn't have to deal with too much traffic, but there was some. Didn't get home till almost 120, Um, you know, didn't get to bed till almost 2 a.m. I say all that to say that I, looking at the radar and the forecast and how exhausted I was, the long days that I had prior, and kind of just wanting to see the kid for a little bit, and... I made the call and did not make the trip out to MIS on Sunday. I, I would have gotten to see a few laps of racing, but um, you know, would not have been able to see it all, and then obviously would not have been able to make it back there Monday. So, 
Um, while I was bummed, I did not go. Uh, I'm, I'm not sad about the decision that I made. It ended up being the right decision uh, in terms of saving myself some uh, hours in the car and all of that good stuff. So there we have it. And here we are, Monday. I think this is my longest intro ever, but it was a hell of a weekend. So normally, Jeff Striegel. Uh, does the pre and post MIS shows and he did the pre and I didn't even reach out to him because of one I mean Jeff has had a a hell of a, a eight ten day stretch here uh, when coming back from Richmond going right into finalizing uh, track prep for Berlin Berlin going later than normal because of uh, being impacted by weather and MIS being him being stuck out there an extra day I am sure Jeff Striegel cannot wait to see his bed and pillow as he is probably driving back on 96 right now. So uh, I didn't reach out to him. I know Jeff will come back on and can't wait to have him back on to to recap and talk about you know his firsthand experience from this past week, uh, both from Berlin and MIS, SRX, all of that good stuff. So needless to say, I've got a stacked show for you. I'm going to drop in the Kevin Harvick interview uh, from Friday. I've got Parker Kligerman uh, after I do the uh, race uh, de- debriefing, if you will. And then I've got some clips from SRX at Berlin. That includes Casey Kane, Alan Bestwick, and Helio Castroneves, which he was just so incredible, so down to earth. I mean, they all are, but I mean, you know... you. Someone you never would have thought you'd be talking to. An Indy 500 winner at the SRX race. I mean, it was it was really cool. Uh, and, and his take and perspective was really cool. So can't wait to drop that in for you guys as well. All right. Ten minutes. Well, 946-ish. Let's get Mr. Kevin Harvick on the show. All right, joining me here in person at Firekeepers Casino in Battle Creek, Michigan, who is the sponsor of this weekend's Firekeepers Casino 400. He sits 10th on the all-time win list with 60 wins. He's won the Daytona 500, the Southern 500, the Coke 600, the Brickyard, your 2014 champion. I'm honored to stand next to Kevin Harvick. Kevin, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for being here with me. I appreciate it. Uh, Before we get into the NASCAR side of things... I was at Berlin yesterday. You were at Berlin yesterday. That place was off the charts. How was that for you? Like, I, I talked to Alan Bestwick beforehand. I said, kind of looks like a pickup basketball game for these yeah. guys, just out here having fun. It really was. It was my first time uh, to the to the racetrack, and and uh, like I had told everybody that that was there that I had interaction with, it was fun to be there because I've only seen Berlin races on flow or um, you know pictures or heard old stories from from people so to be able to actually go to the racetrack and and, and race and and be able to um, be in the car and, and have a full house um, watching the race was was a lot of fun so uh, I learned uh, I learned last night that I you, you got to take care of the tires I didn't do a very good job of that and, and wound up getting myself in trouble with about 25 laps to go last night but um, that was one of the biggest reasons that I went because I want to come back and race uh, our late models and, and have some fun in, in something up there. So I think as uh, we went through the night and, and were able to uh, just race and, and learn about the racetrack and, and just enjoy the, the, the whole day, really, with a, gr- a bunch of great competitors, um, a bunch of uh, 
really great fans and, and obviously you guys that have been around the racetrack up here uh, you know for, for years uh, just a great staff of people so it was a lot of fun Striegel does a pretty good job he's there. all right he's okay <laughs> we, we, I guess we'll give him an okay rating Striegel's been on the podcast the most out of anybody so I, I gotta talk good things about Jeff Striegel yeah <laughs> um, we're coming up on 13 years of your first win here at Michigan I went back and listened to some of the post-race audio and as you had crossed the checker uh, checkered uh, start finish you had said I can't believe we won at Michigan here we are coming up 13 years later five out of the last seven wins as well what's transitioned for you to let Michigan kind of be that sweet spot well it's it's been a it, in the beginning it was a very interesting racetrack for us performance wise just you know just because of the fact that uh, whether it was me or the car and everything in between uh, just didn't have a good feel and set up for, for, for the racetrack. In 2010, we kind of broke through on the old asphalt and were able to, uh, to figure out uh, how, to, how to run up against the wall and, and do the things that we needed to do up there where the fast groove was. And, and fast forward to the repaving of the racetrack and everything that happened, switching, to, switching teams to uh, Stuart Haas Racing and, and being able to go on the run that, that we've had at Michigan has, has been a lot of fun and, and really probably our best racetrack as, as we've gone through the years. So we didn't really like the fact that they took one race off the calendar because it has, you know, it has been so good to, to us throughout the years. But um, looking forward to this weekend and, and hopefully continuing that success. I mean, on top of the wins, there's a, a lot of P2s that could have been some victories as well. Everyone used to joke that Phoenix was your playground or, you know, your backyard. Is that how Michigan feels to you? Well, it's, it's definitely has been a good racetrack. The, both of those racetracks have, have been really good to me uh, through, throughout my career. And, and I think as, as you look at that, you, you hope that you have some, some, some great racetracks um, you know, to go back and, and tell stories at. And, and really, Michigan is, I think, one of the most unique um, weekends was winning both races uh, you know, through, the, through the COVID period and, and having the chance to, to run two races at, at one racetrack and, and be able to, to win them both is, is something that probably most everybody will never have the opportunity to do again we hope everybody won't have the opportunity to do especially in those circumstances yes. but you know to to be able to you know qualify well and, and win the first day and then start 20th and win the next day and and have all that come together was was something that that honestly we expected uh, to to have a chance but it's just so hard to put all these races together with so many good drivers and teams uh, and strategy and everything that that goes into the day and so our team did a great job and, and everything went our way and we had fast cars and, and it all worked out. That's awesome. Um, the uh, I wear the fire suit in this family shirt, I think debuted here at Michigan after the scuff with Joey back in the day. That shirt's been uh, re-brought out and you guys presented Joey with a, a check to their foundation. Uh, when you knew you were gonna bring the shirt out of retirement, did you know right away that was what you were gonna do with, with that? <laughs> well, really, really, I think as we've gone through the years, and, and Joey and I have developed a, a good relationship, and, and we've traveled some together, and, and been able to just talk about just things, and, and obviously that is one of those moments that we had uh, gone back through, and we had talked about bringing back the shirt and bringing back the fire suit, and I think Brittany, uh, a few years ago, I can't remember how many years ago, wore the fire suit um, at at the racetrack, just poking fun at, at things, and so. We just thought it was, was fitting to bring it back and, and just really just show everybody just how the relationships work in our sport and, and how to, um, to, to things come full circle and, and you can have 
um, you can you people can talk through things and, and have good things come out of it in, in the end and, and in the end we made a, a nice do- donation to Joey's foundation and, and seeing his kids grow up and he's seeing um, my kids grow up and, and just really both families develop into families and, and be able to talk about things and laugh about things and, and really in the end we're, we're very fortunate to do what we do uh, we're, we're all young and dumb at, at some particular <laughs> point to, to do uh, to do crazy things we just get to do those things in front of the camera and, and uh, they live forever uh, especially with the internet in, in today's world so um, so we, we, we thought that that um, you know that would be a fun moment and, and Joey was involved in it from the very beginning to, to I just wanted to That's everybody awesome. to be comfortable and have fun sure last one for you you're gonna go sign some autographs here you've been racing a very long time I know you've signed thousands and thousands of autographs what's some of the most unique things that stand out to you from a fan perspective that you're like oh wow that's really cool well, some of them we probably shouldn't talk about on your on your podcast, <laughs> uh, but we are we are standing here at the at the Firekeepers uh, Casino and Hotel. Um doing an autograph session today and and one of the things that always blows me away I signed a lady's arm earlier and she's gonna go have a tattoo tonight and and I'm sure I'll see that tattoo as it as, as she comes through um, one of the fan zones or something this weekend so um, that always it always it always seems a little bit weird to right me, right you know, to, to tattoo something on your arm of somebody else's signature but those are the types of um, you know fan interactions that that we have all the time and, and people just I think I think a lot of times we are so involved in what we do on a week-to-week basis, you forget the impact that you have on people's lives and and what it takes them away from in, in their personal life to just give them some time to be able to um, see how you operate and do things and the interaction that you have with them and really just the joy that you bring them. You don't know what's going on in their life or what their situation is or anything like that. So you you know you you, you learn through the years to try to take those interactions to make those moments special and 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 give something. That, that somebody remembers and I think this year has really helped me with that just because we've gone through so many of these autograph sessions to to hear and see the stories of the interaction that you have with people throughout the years and and be reminded of that that interaction that you have that that might be you know the highlight of somebody's life uh, in, in all honesty sure. of, of something that they get to do that they that they you know have dreamt about and, and something that, that we take for granted so um, I've had a lot of fun at the autograph sessions this year especially especially the ones away from the race track I know that there's a lot of people at the racetrack and they're like well why don't you do this why don't you do that you're just you're in that competitive you're in that competitive mindset and you're just thinking about so many different things so to be able to be out of that that competitive mindset and and do things like we're like we're doing here at Firekeepers is is something that uh, you get to spend a little bit more time people get to learn a little bit more about who you actually are outside of that outside of that competitive mindset because it's just a more relaxed atmosphere so that that's been um, one of the one of the more um, fun things for me this year because you get to listen to people's stories you get to tell stories you can kind of let your guard down and have fun with things that's awesome kevin thank you so much for taking a few minutes it was an honor to get to talk to you best of luck this weekend rest of the season and try to enjoy retirement i appreciate it thank you thank you are you kidding me yes i can't believe it that that happened and it feels like yesterday it kind of was yesterday it was just a few days ago but how incredible was that kevin harvick i you know it was I, I was nervous going into it. I'm not even going to lie. I was uh, 
standing down there in the hotel lobby with Lindsay and Jim Wise, and we were, you know, just talking, talking about, you know, gaming and NASCAR and, you know, what uh, the future looks like going down the road from an MIS uh, track sponsorship, all that good stuff, which was really cool. And my, my hands were sweating, you know, I've, I've, you know, doing this seven years, I've, I've talked to quite a few of these guys either over the phone or in person and you know after the first couple back in like season one or two uh, you know the the nerves really went away even seeing and uh, dale jr and, and all of that and i i was nervous and it was very weird it was like man can i will i be able to keep my composure and not let the fan out and it was it was a lot of fun kevin was great he joked with Lindsay and I for a couple minutes afterwards, did some pictures, all that good stuff. And just what an what an incredible experience and opportunity. Glad to be able to have it for you guys. Cause I tell you what, there there aren't too many podcasts with a Kevin Harvick interview. That's all I'm gonna say. It was an honor, and I'm so grateful to to Jim and uh, Firekeepers for uh, helping me get that set up, just like last year with Joey Logano. It's an incredible opportunity, and, and I'm very fortunate, very grateful to be able to bring that to you guys, the listeners of the Lap Traffic Podcast. So, all right, there we have Mr. Kevin Harvick. All right, what I want to do right now is uh, drop in some sound bites and, and some quick interviews uh, from the SRX race at Berlin. Uh, let's, let's kick things off with race announcer Alan Bestwick. Thank you so much. Have fun calling the race. Always. 
Live Traffic Nation, I tell you, Alan Bestwick is is a badass. Like I I would love to be able to get a, a full interview with him, uh, one where I can actually prepare some actual questions about his career, uh, NASCAR, SRX, all of that. He is he's just a legend and incredible. And was it was great to be able to talk to him for even those couple minutes there. That was that was a lot of fun. And I tell you. And all those cars are loud, they are fast, and they're going to be at Eldora this week. And, ooh, man, I tell you, if I had some unlimited PTO with the real job, oh, man, what I wouldn't give to go back down to Eldora. It's been a couple years. Uh, if they bring the trucks back there or, or anything NASCAR-wise, that is something that's definitely uh, back on the list, I guess, would be a, uh, a good way to put it. So, okay, uh, next up for you is a, uh, is a quick clip. I was able to catch him for a few minutes with the legendary Casey Kane. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy that their whole practice is five laps, and and that's it. And, you know, go get a test of it, get it up to speed, and and bring it back down, basically. And, you know, they're from what I heard, they're not – you know the best handling cars, which is awesome. They're just they're just fast, and you have to drive them, which is huh novel novel concept, isn't it? Um, all right, let's let me uh, drop in here. Uh, Helio Castroneves is talking about uh, last week's incident with Kyle Busch uh, in the SRX series, and uh, them poking fun with each other. Family, I, it's completely different styles, and uh, 
by the way, at IndyCar. So it's going to be a busy weekend for Kirk. Awesome. Would you like more than three laps of practice? Oh, come on, man. I told those guys, like, look, I know you guys want to keep it fair, but five laps? I mean, geez, in the last few years we had at least like two sessions or something. But now, wow, it is, uh, it is, it is hard, but it's a thing for everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. What a great guy. I mean, seriously, like he's another one where I feel like, you know, if we had more time, uh, you know, we could have talked each other's ear off, which just would have been absolutely incredible. But uh, there you have it. What a great experience going out to Berlin Raceway for the for the SRX race. And just so happy for Jeff Striegel in what an incredible turnout it was. The great racing that they were able to get it in uh, that uh, it. Mother Nature cooperated and all that good stuff. So what a time. What a time. Can't wait to go and do it again. But uh, all right, let's let's talk a little Michigan here, shall we? Um, well, first, let's start. Trucks finally back on the track with their first playoff race this weekend at IRP, which is going to be awesome there. Uh, Xfinity Series. Well, it, it took a couple weeks, but after struggling, John Hunter Nemechek is uh, was back in victory lane, um, and it. I, I saw some highlights of the race. Uh, like I said, Saturday with being WrestleMania, uh, <laughs> I wish it was WrestleMania SummerSlam. Uh, I did not get to watch much of it. I did see some highlights. Uh, Parker Kligerman, who you're going to hear in just a couple of minutes, uh, finished top eight, which has now put him into that 12th position currently uh, on the bubble, if you will. Um, you know, he's got a 20-some-odd point lead ahead of uh, Brandon Jones. Jeb Burton still fighting back there. Brett Moffat, Kaz Grala. Five more races to go. Indy uh, this weekend, Watkins Glen, Daytona, Darlington, and Kansas. So they've got a couple extra races on the schedule for them in the regular season before things are all said and done there. Um, all right. Let's get to what was a very, very odd uh, Michigan race, if you will. I think that's that's the safe way to put it. Um, you know, we we got almost halfway. We almost made it. They almost were able to call this bad boy uh, on Sunday yesterday, but uh, just shy. So they crank things back up again today. And, you know, we've been talking about it the last couple weeks in terms of these struggles that is uh, is is very very present for Hendrick Motorsports at the moment, and it did not get any better for them coming into to Michigan. And uh, you know, William Byron finished thirty fifth. Chase Elliott involved in one. Uh, Kyle Busch involved in one as well. Uh, you know, when when the bottom of the sheet. Uh, 30, well, no, hell, let's even go back. 30th on back, all right? Tyler Riddick, 30th. Chase Briscoe, 31st. Alex Bowman, 33rd. Josh Berry, 34th. William Byron, 35th. Chase Elliott, 36th. Kyle Busch, 37th. Um, I mean, we typically are rattling off those names at, at the top, you know, so very odd there. Now that just meant there was some opportunity for some guys out there. And can you believe Chris Busher uh, back in victory lane, just two races 
since his uh, his last one. I mean that that is that's incredible. Uh, that's a team that's that's heating up. You know, we used to talk about you know Tony Stewart back in the day. You know, he he'd start off the season so cold, and then come July and August, he just somehow found a way to to dial things up and and get it done and and that's that's what happened here and not even two races back to back uh chris but it, it feels like it was a minute ago but chris busher going back to back richmond michigan two very different style racetracks um i couldn't imagine what that parlay would have paid my goodness um just awesome for him right like here's somebody that you know he his first win was however six seven years ago uh rain short and pocono race and here we are a few years later uh back to back well earned well deserved wins i mean that's that's awesome uh truex second denny hamlin third uh brad keselowski uh visited uh, victory lane at mis just not the way he wanted to as an owner not the driver uh but he had a hell of a run to uh, finish fourth there uh kevin harvick who we talked to well not earlier today but earlier in the show uh not not a good run for him i mean yesterday he i mean he was logging laps basically 25th on back uh but was able uh, able to salvage a top 10 there uh hometown eric jones with a top 10 as well uh but yeah just a very very odd michigan race um and just a bummer uh it would have been i mean that place was packed yesterday you could tell and there would have probably been even more people had the threat of rain not been there and it's it's a bummer let's can we move it to september in the playoffs please i'll just i'll leave it at that so uh three more to go indy road course watkins Glen, daytona and our playoff field will be set and there as i mentioned are some guys in trouble um I mean, right now you got Ty Gibbs, Michael McDowell on the bubble, three points separating them. Uh, you got Daniel Suarez, six points out. A.J. Allmendinger's there. Alex Bowman is in 20th. Uh, Chase Elliott, 22nd. I mean, these guys are going to have to go out there and win. Uh, there's two road courses. We know Chase is good, but so is A.J. Allmendinger, and he's going to be fighting for it as well. Um, I, I mean, anything really could happen uh, as Jeff and I were talking about it last week it is absolutely going to be must watch racing from now till November I mean let's be real about it because once the playoffs start it's going to be even crazier so there you have that uh, I wanted to get a question out to you guys today uh, well for this weekend just because of it being MIS and all of that good stuff but uh, with it being the afternoon race me trying to put the show together I didn't have a lot of time to uh, wait for responses and all of that. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to get something back in there in the groove next week for you guys. Um, all right, let's do a very, very quick social media segment, and then we will get Mr. Parker Kligerman back on the line. All right, everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. If you've made it this far into the show, leave a review, tell your friends, met a lot of awesome people. And saw some people I haven't seen in a long time as well, which was great. Uh, Julie Bosley, uh, Kathleen, 
let's see who else uh, mentioned uh, Eric from the Super Speedway podcast. Um, met some great people. Gave away a ton of koozies. Gave away some T-shirts, which was great. Thanks to everyone that uh, came out and said hi Thursday uh, at Berlin. Great to see all of you. Don't forget stickers, koozies for free. All you got to do get a hold of me. Twitter, DM me, email me, whatever you got, and I will be happy to uh, get them out to you. All right. Let's get Mr. Parker Kligerman back on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his sixth appearance on the show. He is the driver of the number 48 Big Machine Racing Chevy. Welcome back to the show, Parker Kligerman. What's up, brother? How are you? Hey, man. I, uh, I'm glad to be back. My sixth appearance. Hopefully, you know, that's a lucky number for us. I, but, uh, I hope so. Yeah, I like being here. Yeah. Definitely. No, it's, uh, we've, uh, we've, uh, you know, it's, it's sixth appearance. I'd say that's probably over the last three years or so, which is awesome. And uh, done some work uh, with you and Landon on the uh, e-racer, i-racing side of things. And have had you on through NBC and and now with uh, racing in the Xfinity Series, which is which is cool, <laughs> man. So it's, it's glad to have you back. Um, you know, all of that said, you've, you've always been full-time busy but this is like the first full-time racing season in a minute so how how was that yep. adjustment period for you it has been an adjustment that's the best way to put it uh you know it's just a big transition from what i was doing gosh the last eight years right tv full-time part-time racing and the most races i had done in a season was probably 2019 and i think i did what 16 to 18 somewhere in there and I've done like 20 some odd races already this year. We're just hitting August 1st. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to blow through that. It's going to be like 44 in total. And so I had to get a, a apartment down here in North Carolina as well. So I have a little studio, which I'm talking to you from right now Sweet. Um, that has nothing but a bed in it and <laughs> it's quite empty, but I've been home to Connecticut only like three or four times this year. Uh, the only time that was more than like two or three days was uh, when we raced New Hampshire and Pocono, which was nice. So okay. it has been, uh, it's been a big adjustment, but I'm enjoying it. I think, you know, it's cool to be in the fight that we're in. I, uh, we've been so close to winning and uh, I feel like we will break through any minute and we've got some great tracks to do it ahead of us. So uh, I look forward to that and then be able to focus on a deep playoff run. And I really think our team uh, is capable of doing that once we uh, once we get in there. I I have a f I, I mean I obviously agree with you one hundred percent on that. I I feel like the the next uh, let's call it maybe five to six tracks that both Xfinity and even the Cup Series are going to hit uh, are are going to be uh, very interesting and very competitive. I mean. As this playoff format has developed since, what, 2014 when it was implemented, uh, each year, the last four or five years, as we've seen more and more guys, you know, win their way in, um, you know, the, mm -hmm. the drama, the saga, you know, it, it becomes much must watch racing. And I, I love everything about it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I uh, some people were asking me about the pressure of being on the bubble and that sort of thing. And I I kind of laughed. And I was like, well. Yeah, there's pressure, and of course I would have won, like to have won by now. Like I'd like to have won five or six races by now. Sure, be the winningest sure. in the series, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, but we just weren't in that position yet. Um, and I said that the coolest, the thing I have to remember, and I keep reminding myself, is like for the last eight or nine years, I wondered what was it like to be in the playoff bubble, up, you know, talking about it on TV all the time. Right. And I thought I knew, but 
until you're here, you really don't know. And I was like, what a cool opportunity. What a like relish this opportunity to be in this position, to be fighting, to be in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, some people look at as a negative connotation. I love it. I think it's awesome. I love the pressure. I love the, the, like the idea that we are so, you know, point by point and the wind can change everything. And I just, I love that. I think it's so cool. No, it's great, man. Um, talk about the decision of, you know, big machine racing to go full time in the Xfinity series. Yeah. So, you know, last year I won mid Ohio, uh, and I had been inquiring with big machine as they were going through a bunch of different drivers, uh, through that year about trying to just do, see if I could do a race for them, right? A road course or something. And, it was after I won in Ohio that I got a call while in victory lane. I didn't pick it up. It was Keith Barnwell, his GM at big machine racing and or team manager. And he said, Hey, this, he left me a voicemail and said, this is the kind of call you want to get when you're in victory lane. Congratulations. But would you like to run Talladega in the big machine number 48? That's that was like, awesome. wow, <laughs> win a race, get an opera, get a ride. Cool. And, uh, you know, got that opportunity, did well at Talladega, met Scott there and, and got to talk to him a little bit. And then, uh, it wasn't but a month later or so that they reached out and Scott said, Hey, would, would Scott Borsetta said, would you like to do this full time? If that was a possibility. And it took me about three milliseconds to say, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, that thus started the journey of, of putting this together and, and what a surreal thing, right. When that all did come together, I, I don't know if I fully believed it till we were even at Daytona and there I was lining up on the front row and then, uh, you know, took off the green flag. And I was like, Oh, this is for real. This like, we're is, really going to do this. And we're going to go, <laughs> we're going to go 33 weekends fighting for an extreme series championship. So really cool. You know, one thing I think it's key is, you know, we are a young race team. This is only in our third year of operation, second year of the RCR affiliation. So there's, there's a lot behind the scenes that we've had to build on and, and continue to improve and build processes and that sort of thing. And I think that's been, you know, why I'm here in the first place. And uh, we've done a good job of that. And there's there's a lot of things that we've continued to improve in this race team um, and on our cars and that sort of stuff that has just continually made us stronger. And uh, I really think that's what gives me the confidence that, you know, when we get into the playoffs, uh, we can make a deep run in there. And I think we can surprise a lot of people. Wow. So that's uh, that's my goal. <laughs> I love that you said when we get to the playoffs. I love that. Um, and it's yeah. funny because my, my next bullet point, if you will, was about the fact that, you know, the organization's only been around for three seasons, uh, 88 total races. You've been there for, I think, 20 of those uh, for, you know, well, this year alone, 20, nine top tens, 14 top 15s through 20 races. I mean, that's you know, while you said you would have loved to have, you know, been in victory lane five or six times. I mean, for such a young <laughs> team and first full-time year, I mean, that's, that's something to hang your hat on for sure. And Bill use that as that momentum to go into the playoffs. Yeah. And I think when you look at the results, I think what we're, we've matched the top fives or exceeded the top fives in last year and matched or exceeded top tens from last year. And I mean, if you look at the drivers who drove this car last year, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of that when you've got Ross Chastain and Tyler Reddick and Ricky Stenhouse who have all driven this car last year Absolutely. and, uh, right. And Austin Dillon and, and guys who won cup races and we're matching the results that they had. So that's really cool. It shows me also that we're building, you know, we're continuing to build the program, make it better and, and continuing to, 
you know, improve it. And that's the key. Like you just want to see that linear progression of improvement. And we've had that and we've had our setbacks at times. And there's, you know, there's two races this year that mechanical failure wise, if we get those back, we're firmly in the playoffs. Or, sure, sure. You know, there's, there's little things that happen that you're just like, Oh wow. If they just had that back. That'd be easy. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, uh, that definitely, to me, at least showed, you know, that we are just doing all the right things and the results will come. And we've already seen some of those results. And I don't think we've seen fully the amount of results that we're capable of just because it's still a process. It's all a process among, you know, ourselves gelling amongst the team, continuing our processes and how we build the cars and set things up. Uh, and then the process and how we execute the weekends and all those things are a work in progress. Um, and you're doing it, you know, I've always heard of like people talk about like building the plane as you're flying it. That's what you do in racing, right? Through a season. And, uh, we, you know, we're lucky to have such a supportive owner and Scott Borchetta and, and a great sponsor, big machine vodka, spike cores. And we've got all the parts and pieces, you know, it's just about making those processes work and build this plane. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I see all this stuff behind the scenes that others don't. Sure. And that's why I have the confidence I do. And I know like last weekend, you know, we're there in the fight for a victory. Um, but if you look at that weekend, we qualified 17th on Friday, which yep. was a disaster. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I felt like the worst race car driver in the world. And I'm sure my team, you know, was pretty down. Everyone was down because it was just like, what just happened? Uh, we should be here to win. And then, you know, we got, we, we made a lot of changes. We changed a lot of things. We looked at it all. We made a lot of really good decisions. And there we started the race on Saturday and we had a completely different race car and we were able to drive it to the front and have a shot to win. And I think that's a mark of a, a race team that's improving and, and we're definitely doing that. Absolutely. You know, it's, I mean, just, it's remarkable what you guys are able to do in the garage and the swings you guys can take. Hell, even, even on pit road mid race, you know, I'll, I'll use Martin Truex as an example. You know, he was, you know, mid twenties, all race at Richmond. They made a couple adjustments, boom, <laughs> finished seventh, you know? So it's, uh, yep. it's, it's very, it's incredible to, to, to watch those transitions unfold, you know, whether it's season to season, race to race, what, what have you, um, Parker, you guys have, uh, I believe is it's, it's six races to go still in the regular season. Uh, some interesting tracks, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Michigan here in a minute. Uh, but we've got two road courses, uh, back to Daytona, Darlington, which is tricky. Um, you know, do, do you, do those play to strengths? Do those play to some weaknesses? Are you, you know, where are you at with the style of tracks you guys are going to be racing at these last six weeks in the regular season? So this might seem overzealous and confident, but I, I don't see a single track that's a weakness. Um, awesome. I actually, I think these are some of my best tracks uh, as we look ahead. I mean, Michigan is a place that I've I've run really well in trucks and Xfinity. I uh, actually was, you know, that's where I got to test the Penske or practice the Penske 22 car when I was super fast in cup practice 10 years ago. Uh, I've just loved that place. I've always enjoyed that place going as fast as you do. So. I'm excited for that one. Uh, MDGP, you know, course to me is like, man, I, uh, that, that's the biggest race of the year for me. That's the one I want more than anything. So I'm, without we ran at Road America, we run all the road courses. I, uh, I have that one circled for sure. And I think it's a huge opportunity. Watkins Glen is one of my favorites, of course, being a road course, huge opportunity for us. Darlington, we had a top 10 car there last year or earlier this year. And we got hit, um, and got a tire cut down and then got hit in the rear 
got a bunch of damage and still finished 13th and was probably going to finish 10th. So, or ninth and 10th. So we were, you know, we were very competitive there. Uh, and then Kansas is one of my favorite mile and a half in all of NASCAR. So I would say when I look at that schedule, um, it's basically designed for us. I and love all it. we got to do is go out there and execute. Yes, <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, you mentioned Michigan. It's uh, my home track. Can't wait to get out there. Uh, this this will air uh, next week, so it'll be post MIS that this is in there. But um, let's mm. talk about Michigan for a second. Uh, one Xfinity start there, like you said, a couple in the trucks. Um, how how do you prepare for a track that you haven't actually raced stats in in a minute? You know, the last time I raced, what was it, 2020, maybe, trucks when I raced there last? Yep. Um, and actually, that there's a funny story about that one, if you want. So, well, first of all, first and foremost, how do you prepare? I think that place, uh, specifically to me, is just something where I've really gelled. My, ever since it was before it was repaved and then after it was repaved, I've sure. just really gelled there. Um, I actually, I guess I won there in Arco, didn't yeah. I? So, yeah. Yeah, forgot about that. So I've actually won at this place. Uh <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I've always enjoyed this track and the design of it. And I've enjoyed auto club, which is a sister track, right? Yep, yep. And that two mile oval. So it, it definitely just somewhat, for some reason, those big fast tracks suit my style, like being the throttle, that sort of thing. Um, but a funny story about 2020, we finished top 10 in that race with a truck that was probably about 40th on speed. Um, and it was getting run over down the straightaways and so badly Johnny Sauter basically destroyed our rear bumper bump drafting me down the straightaway as I tried to hold on to like fifth place through some pit strategy. It was so slow. We were, it was smoking and somehow we netted the top 10 out of that thing. And I don't think there was a lot of attrition. We just literally willed our sheer willed ourselves into a top 10 and all that. I've, I was laughing going down the front stretch, getting slammed in the, in the back of the truck. And I'm like, how are we possibly running up here? Um, but yeah, no. So then we, we get done with that race and I had to go to road America, funny enough to go do TV the next day. And so it was a long drive to Milwaukee. I got into there at like 2am, but the funniest part was it was my birthday, uh, the next day. And actually because I was driving to road America, I switched time zones yep. for some reason. Yep, yep, uh, yep. And so I actually got an hour and I got an extra hour in my twenties. Because oh, I switched awesome. time zones before midnight. <laughs> so <laughs> to this day, I tell everyone that I was 29 and one hour old. That's older great. than everyone else. Oh, I love so that. So I got to live my, my 20s longer, one hour longer than anyone else. So, That's great. Yeah, I, uh, I thought that was always a funny story that uh, from that time. And so I look, you know, stories like that can make even like a place because it just gives you a fond memory of that, that track. And I, I think that one's really funny. Oh, that's great, man. Um, so uh, do you have a favorite spot when you come up to Michigan? I know with just kind of like the two-day weekends, uh, you know, the, the race weekends are shorter and, and you don't get as much time to maybe go uh, jet off. But uh, over the years, have you found a spot that's, uh, you, you know, your favorite here at Michigan? Man, I don't, you're right. Like we're so in and out all the time. I, I do know there's – what is that bar on the lake? that we always shout out beach at, bar. on the broadcast. The beach bar. Is that it? Beach bar? Yep. So, yeah. That's yep. the, um, that's the one that I can tell you at least from the production TV side. Uh, that is a big, that's a, that's a fan favorite of the NBC TV crew. So <laughs> we, uh, that place is always talked about. So yes. I, I haven't been able to make it over there. Cause I'm always like racing or 
flying in just for Sunday at the Michigan weekend. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's if I had to pick somewhere, I think it'd have to be that one because I mean it's it's so beloved. We've shouted out on the broadcast. Oh, that's great. So, uh, so there was there was another bar <laughs> restaurant. It was on the water. Um, and I'll tell you a funny story. So I, this is pre-podcast. So this is just fan Brandon and fan Lindsay, my wife, are are out there. And we had some friends that live in the area. So it was always cool because we could just stay there for race weekend. And mm-hmm. we're, we're sitting there having dinner. And Joey Logano and his wife are literally, I mean, this is, I mean, I don't, there were no kids. So, you know, this is a minute ago, right? <laughs> and they're just standing there waiting in line their names on the t- on the wait list because like the hostess had no clue who it was and you know so i'm, I'm i go to my wife i said joy legato's like literally just standing there in the foyer like you know just hanging out and it was surprising to me like just how many people just accepted that as natural but you could tell like the 17 year old waitress or hostess had no clue who she was talking to or whose name she was putting on the list <laughs> Oh, uh, good times. Good good times. Um, yeah, love it. Well, man, listen, it was it was great catching up with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, best of luck to you. I, as I said before, we hit record. I, I, I wish I could, uh, you know, come up and, and hang out for a minute Saturday uh, in the in the garage area. But I will only be there on Sunday. But uh, look forward to catching back up with you very soon. Maybe we can catch up, uh, you know, mid-playoff run and uh, and see how we're doing. Perfect. Thanks for having me on, Brent. I appreciate good hearing from you. And uh, have a good time this weekend. And, yeah, look forward to seeing, hopefully, talking again in the playoff. Thanks, brother. Best of luck this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. See ya. Well, best of luck was uh, an eighth-place finish uh, on Saturday for Parker, which is pretty damn good there. Um, all right. I think it is time to close this bad boy out with some lap traffic fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LTFantasy. And what a week. Uh, It was an interesting one in in the Lap Traffic Fantasy League. And things are heating up with just three more race weekends to go before we've got our playoff grid set as well. Uh, My picks this week, John Hunter, Kevin Harvick, good for 79 and another bonus point, which I will take. Uh, But week high goes to Mr. Jumpy Bob with Martin Truex and John Hunter Nemechek. He picked up 105 points. Uh, Right now, our top 10 segment two is Andrew Yu with 1,027. Andrew's just kicking ass and taking names. Uh, Michael Nebbia in second with 1,016. Kathleen up to third, 1,012. Jonathan Lilly in fourth with 1,002. Mark Luddington in fifth, 999. Michael Mason in sixth, 989. Stephen DFS NASCAR guy in seventh, 986. Joe Hewson in eighth with 985. David Mullins in ninth with 983. Yours truly wrapping out the top 10 with 981. Over to the cumulative standings, it is Andrew Yu still in first with uh, 2,245. Henry Fletcher in second, 2170. Jonathan Lilly in third, 2164. John Edwinsell in fourth, 2131. 
Benton Wilson in fifth, 2108. We got a two-way tie for six between Kevin Hahn and Michael Nevia with 2,099. Jumpy Bob and Steven DFS NASCAR guy are tied in seventh with 2,090. Yours truly in eighth with 2,081. Scott Boys in ninth, 2,074. Joe Houston, 10th, 2,069. Dan Sherwood in 11th with 2055, David Mullins and Matt Dabowski in 12th with 2053, Mark Ludington in third, 2048, Jeremy Waterbury, 14th, 2041, Pete Curvin, 15th, 2033, Kristen Hogland wraps out our top 16 with 2027. Bonus points. Oh, hmm. go figure. Andrew Yu in first with 14 bonus points. Uh, Benton Wilson, Jumpy Bob, David Mullins, Matt Dabrowski, Tony LeBay all have 10. Jonathan Lilly, Pete Curvin have nine and so on and so on. All right. I think it's time to make some picks. We are headed back to the Brickyard where Chevy uh, has struggled as of late, but they currently have swept the Indy Road Course with, uh, let's see, AJ Allmendinger picking up the inaugural win at the Indy RC back in 21, and Tyler Riddick picking up the win last year. Both of those guys, uh, well, Tyler uh, is in the playoffs, but um, AJ Allmendinger is going to need a little help, which he can do it this weekend, picking up the win. And as I mentioned, some of the Chevy drivers are in need of some major help to make the playoffs. With just three races to go, Chase Elliott, Bowman, they are pretty close to being in a must-win situation. All right, some quick picks. Uh, Let's see here. For the truck series, I am going to go with the 38 of Zane Smith. Over to the Xfinity series. Now that John Hunter redeemed himself, I can stop picking him and go with somebody else. Uh, and that will be with Little Gator Justin Allgaier in the seven. And over to the Cup Series, I am going to roll the dice on the nine of Chase Elliott. All right. There you have my picks. Best of luck as we are winding down. Segment two in Lat Traffic Fantasy. All right, Lat Traffic Nation. That is going to do it for episode 318 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Huge, huge thank you to Kevin Harvick, Jim Wise and the gang over at Firekeepers Casino. Huge thanks to Jeff Striegel and everybody over at Berlin Raceway, Casey Kane, uh, Helio Castroneves, Alan Beswick, and Parker Kligerman, all for setting some time aside for the Lap Traffic Podcast. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast. See ya.